Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the row looks like for followers of Jesus. No matter how you're listening, we are grateful that you're here. We want you guys to know that our podcasts are on multiple platforms, and if you can give us a like, a follow, or a subscription, all of that helps get this podcast out to more and more folks. If you all like this content, please consider giving us some stars and write us a review as well. All that interaction helps us, as well as other listeners, um, learn more and more about the content of this channel. Before we get started today on this past week's Family Sunday, Nate's got some announcements coming up. Yeah, so um, the first one is actually a big one for uh, families. Um, it's great. My kids are nine years old, and they still love doing it. I'm sh- and you can be a teenager and do this with families. But our gingerbread nativity event um, is coming up on December 9th, I believe. Yes, December 9th at 10 a.m., and um, again, this is for families to sign up. It's absolutely free. Um, so we're going to make a nativity with gingerbread um, stuff, you know, icing and candy and all that good stuff. Um, hot chocolate is going to be provided. So we want to make sure your kids are nice and sugared up. Um, and it's going to be fun. There's going to be videos and music. And uh, it's just going to be a great time for families to come Um you know, invite invite friends, invite families, but you have to be pre-registered. So, in order to do that, make sure you go um, uh, get on our app, or you can actually get on Facebook and find the event. And in the event, there's also a link to sign up as well. Mm-hmm. So, you have to be signed up through the link in order to be there that Sunday because we have to order them ahead of time. So, um, begin. So that is on the ninth, and um, and then the other thing is, is that we're in the Christmas season, so. You know, begin uh, thinking about praying about who it is that, who can you who can you invite along to come with you on the Sundays and even on our Christmas services that we're going to be having at the uh, near Christmas. So um, I would just challenge you to do that. More information is going to come out this Sunday um, mm-hmm. in the week ahead. So yeah, inviting is uh, so important that it almost deserves its own sermon, doesn't it? It does, <laughs> and I think that's coming up this Sunday. <laughs> uh, it's very, very cool. All right, well. Um, Family Sunday. So this is something that we do um, usually about once a year, and we get the kids up on stage. The band plays a song with the kids. If you missed it, you can check out our services, you know, on our YouTube or on our Facebook. Um, um, And it was tons of fun. Yeah. Tons of fun. And uh, it was really fun for me, especially because this, this was the first Sunday, and I'm estimating three years give or take, I'm not sure, that I didn't have to do a single thing. <laughs> I didn't have to be on stage. I didn't have to play. I didn't have to be in the booth. The only other time that I was here and not on stage was when I gave the sermon. I didn't have to do that. I, d- I had, had nothing to do. I just got to be You're like... just G-chilling. I just got to be a congregate. And it's yeah. like, you congregates are so lucky. Like, I'm so jealous of you guys. It was awesome to just come to church and just be with the body of Christ. And I loved it. Hang on. Nick's not letting you guys in on something though. He told our staff that he actually hated it though. I know. So he's not he's not he's not he's kind of one side of the coin on this. He loved it, but I think he also I loved little... it and hated it. It, yeah. was, it was bittersweet because I, I do love to serve. But the more that I think back on it, the more that I'm like, you know what? I should I should be proud of the team for being able to do this without me. And it, it was moments like that and it was conversations that I had after the fact yeah. that made me feel better about it. But you know, love, hate. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's good. Um, I know people want to get me to do it more often. Yeah, 
I don't know about that, but oh, being a, like being a congregant. <laughs> no, to uh, do like a family Sunday. Oh, uh, like churches. I know some that'll do it like every fifth Sunday or whoa something like that, which is only four times a year. But uh, I also like doing it too because it gives our kids workers a break. Yeah, and um, not only that, but. Um, you know, because of the season we're in, that's what we like to do at the end of the year. The reason we do an online service at the end of the year is to also give all of our volunteers a break mm-hmm. to say thank you so much. Here's a gift from us to you to stay home, be with your family, enjoy um, Christmas, New Year, New Year's break. And right. um, so we still do it online. But it doesn't mean that we're still not like spending time together. Groups are still probably hanging out and things like that. So yeah. um, we actually shut the offices down that whole week. Yeah. Like after Christmas, yeah. you know, just to rest everybody. You know, margins yeah, important. because there's really not th- there's really not a whole lot you can do that 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 you the rest of that whatever. And I usually still time. <laughs> I'm a bad person, but I still find times to work things like that. <laughs> really, can never imagine. That. Mm. Yeah, uh, as someone who lived with the Halts for a solid eight months or so, their graciousness. Hey. I got to see in on my boss, uh, not always practicing what he preaches. Hey, to I mm. I will take time though and spend time with the kids, and we'll go do something. Oh, for sure. But I, you know, every once in a while, you throw a football game on. You're like, oh, let me just work on some yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, might as well. I'm just sitting here. Might as well do something. <laughs> Good grief. Good so. But anyways, I I think I think it was good because it was it was great to have the kids in there. Um, it's funny because I'm sure parents were like, "Oh, shh, quiet," you know. I even, I even did that the second service to my son, and but I mean that was his second service sitting through that. But I'm just like, dude, you're nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't have yeah, to be that loud. Come on, man. Um, uh, but he said he was listening to the message the first hour and. Things like that, but it's good because it gets our kids to see mom and dad worshiping, and it gets to see, see the church as a whole. Uh, it gets it gets a pair or it gets adults who don't have kids anymore the opportunity to see them if they're not serving in kids ministry to see what's going on and how many families and all kinds of things. So it's, it's just it's a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. think I think the like reflection is really cool. Like I think that just being able to see like I think there's been so many people who have said, "Man, we didn't realize there's that many." like kids involved yeah and you're just like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is and that's yeah. really good which is really really cool but yeah. i think what it just provides is like this reflection yeah that is just like man we didn't know which is funny too because i was counting i didn't do it at the 9 a.m service but at the 11 a.m service i counted how many kids were up there on stage and that amount of kids on the stage was just about the average amount of um how do I say this? Attendance um, at this church when I before I got here, right before I got here, the average amount of adults and kids and people in the church were up on that stage yeah. um, at 11 a.m. Yeah, not insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God has been so faithful to us. Yeah, it's been cool to watch. Yeah. And so, um, and then of course there's so many people now, and then we have two services, multiple people, things like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. cool, but. Um, which leads me to the next question, um, is why is discipling our children the most important thing we can do as Christians and as the church? Why, why is it so important that we harp on discipling our kids? Because at the end of the day, all parents are discipling their kids. Every single one of us are. Um, even people who don't have quote unquote ch- children, but you oversee kids or you work with kids somehow, mm-hmm. we're all discipling children. The question is, is are we discipling him in Christ? And so, anyways, why is that so important? Why is it important for me as a as a dad, and why is it important important to me as a Christian and a churchgoer? 
Yeah, I'm going to let the um, Avenue Student Ministries director uh, <laughs> ah. answer first. Uh, yeah, man, I think that the reality is is that um, you. <laughs> I don't want to necessarily say it's because it's the easiest. Like why? Like it's it's the most it's the most in front of you at all times. Like discipling our children, it's the most. I think it's the most important thing because. It's, it's an obligation, you know? Like, if we're making disciples, like, the people who we have direct, contr- like, control over or the or direct oversight over for at least X amount of time, it's like, man, the most important thing we can do is is to be able to, to uh, put our faith on to them, like, and help equip them to do that. And so that it's just, it's just a continued generational thing, you know? It's just a handoff. It's a handoff of faith. And so I think... The most important thing, yeah, we can do as as parents, or yeah, not as parents, people who are serving to to still put into and disciple and walk with, like it's important because they're the reinforcement of the church. It's important. Well, I mean, in that sense, but also the fact that they're people, sure. and we want them to understand sure. the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have an idea on that. But Nick, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know, when I when I started. Um, this this life in ministry that I've started a few years ago, one of the the biggest things that have stuck to my mind that other pastors before me, including you and Liz, have said, is that your family is your first ministry, you know, and it's your first ministry for many reasons. But um, like 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 Abe said, I mean, that's who you are around the most. You know, mm-hmm. you might see your coworkers multiple times a week. You might see your family, your extended family mem- members. Once or twice a week, once or twice a month. I mean, it's different maybe for everybody. More, maybe more than you want. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's like the people that you wake up with and go to yeah. bed with and eat with every every minute that you are home, mm-hmm. those are the people that you have the most influence over. And that can either be a positive influence or a very negative yeah. sort, sort of an influence. And it's like if your family is not number one, if your family is not in front of your job, like the only thing above your family should be your personal relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, and then then your family. And then everything else in whatever order that you decide fits you, right? But it's like it is it is vitally important. It is vitally important not not just for um the outcome of this next generation that we're raising up, but it's like generational advice, generational wisdom. That is a scriptural concept being passed down. Yeah. I mean, that's how we got the first five books of the Testament, right? Or the yeah. Old Test- te- 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 Testament was like word of mouth, and they and it was yeah. in song, Uh-oh. and they passed it down before it was ever written. And it's like, yeah. that's our history. Yeah. Let's keep it going. It worked. Yeah. So push forward. Yeah, which is fascinating. I mean, when you think about the, the idea of discipling our young people, um, all right, l- let's go to school. Okay, let's think about schools. Hmm. Um, the public school system has about uh, 35 to 40 hours with your kids, specifically teachers, okay? And then you as a parent, if you don't include sleep, has about, about that same time. So, so this is why it matters that parents have an investment in their schools and the people in their kids' lives, especially wherever they're learning from, Um, which is, here's a staggering number. Um, I think it's right now, there's over 5 million kids that are homeschooled in the United States, which has doubled 
every 10 years. So 10 years ago, it was 2.5. 10 years before that, it was less. And then, of course. But they're saying by the time it hits 2030, um, it's not. It's gonna. It's gonna triple that. So because of everything going on, and mm-hmm. parents are starting to wake up instead of being asleep. But that also means, as parents, we have to be extremely involved in the discipleship making process of our kids. And it also means the church has got to be uniquely involved. But but the issue is, is that we put so much emphasis on, well. Um, you know, we got to have the greatest program on Sunday morning or Sunday night, but here's the issue. That's one hour. That's two hours. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're here for both services, okay, then you got three hours, Mm -hmm. uh, three and a half hours. And so that's not enough. So that's why it matters about, that's why moms and dads are the most influential person in their kids' lives. And it also means that you have to be extremely invested in the people who are in your kids' lives. And number one is your school system, your teachers. Um, and that's why it matters who's teaching your kids. That's why, you know, I I mean, 10 years ago, I was 100% against homeschooling. Not because I don't believe in it, because I believe the, the best education you're ever going to get is uh, is being homeschooled. I, I, I hands down believe that. I think the stats constantly show that. However, that's why I'm a nerd. That's why you're a nerd, right? But <laughs> but here's what also is fascinating is I used to think that well when we pull Kirsten, when we pull our kids out of schools though we're not we're not teaching our kids how to live in the world and share the gospel to their peers and we begin teaching them as young people. But now man, that's hard. I I flipped on this because because the amount of influence that culture has had on our schools now, I'm not saying all schools buy into this, but all schools aren't fighting it. A lot of schools aren't fighting it either. And um, so it matters. And I know that what's happening at, say, Johnny's over here, his house, um, they may be for everything that I disagree with. And they're coming to school and they're hanging out with my kids. Um, and then they're doing things that I find very uh, anti what I want them to see and experience, especially at their age. And I'm not ready for that. You know, I, I'm discipling and training and teaching them, but I can't be with them at all times because I know that their teacher or teachers or leaders can't be like, well, yeah, you're right. But, and they can't, because if they say something like that, then they're going to get in trouble. So now it's, it's so interesting and I, I'm kind of babbling, but the reason I'm babbling is because I want to, I want to make sure that we understand that we have a responsibility as parents to disciple our kids and and make sure that we pick who we want in our kids' lives that are going to influence our kids just like we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I just think that we, we have to be better, which is why I like the scripture it used on Sunday. We got to really be paying attention to what we're discipling. I saw somebody shared with me, I also saw it too, but um, that... If you don't decide, if we don't disciple our kids towards Jesus, the um, the culture and the world around them is going to disciple them not to follow Jesus. I was going to say that. I was going to say the the idea also. I think that people have with discipling is 
they think, oh, that means like I'm pointing them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like that you're not pushing them away from Jesus. Like yeah. I think that that's a miss. I think that that's a missed thing, especially in some Christian cultural like just homes yeah. where they're like, oh, I'm just going to push them so hard to Jesus. It's like, well, so that's not also like you're also driving them away. Yeah. And so you have there's a balance of like yeah. we're teaching them, we're te- we're training them, we're equipping them, but also we're showing them the value of why. We're showing the heart. We're we're understanding our perspective yeah. rather than it just being like, oh, well, you're just going to be in church. We're yeah. going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's important. And it's just because we want, like, for example, like we have a number of ministries here at the church that I want to make sure my kids are doing so that they understand that when they get older, they're not just like, um, well, I, I only do that if I have time or no, no, that's who you are. I want you to understand that's who you are. Like, the reason we share our faith is because that's who we are, because we want to bring hope to people who don't know Jesus. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to put them in a situation they're not ready for it in, because that's my job as the disciple-ler <laughs> to get them to a point where they're ready, not just like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Go get it. And, the, and they've never seen it happen. Yeah, ship them off. All right, go get them, killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and again, I, I mean, I can talk about this forever, but... I, it's just really fascinating and really important that as moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, um, guardians, whoever it is, that we are paying attention to how we're discipling our kids. Um, and, 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 and here's a good, here's a good thought. And like, just, and again, I'm not, I'm just using it because this is who I was. I'm big into sports. I played sports my entire life. Um, Do we spend more time teaching our kids how to kick a ball, stop a ball, throw a ball, catch a ball, hit a ball, uh, shoot a ball, whatever it is, more than we're teaching them about their faith, who Jesus is, the point of the church, sharing the gospel, eternity? Um. I'll even go a step further. Are we spending more time on their projects and doing homework, um, you know, doing math and English and reading than we are about their faith and things like that? Like, that's important. Now, those, all those are all those things, are, can you do them? Yeah. Are all those things fun? Yeah. And are all those things somewhat important? Yeah, they are. But not as important as their walk with Jesus, because that's eternal. Everything else is just moment, momentary. Yeah, everything's everything else is just temporary. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, why did you pick the scripture for Sunday? Man, I'm not going to lie. Like, Timothy just has a soft spot in my heart. Like, I, he, he just soft spot in my heart. And, and the idea, I think, uh, of, of Timothy, and specifically 2 Timothy and the portion that we're, that we're seeing and that I that – I, I landed on really was I think just uh man it's just it, it it's kind of reflective but also it kind of it, it's general enough that we didn't have to like read 30 40 50 verses mm-hmm. like it kind of sums up the idea of Timothy and so I think man that's I think that's how I landed on it was it's just like you it, it gave a good a good summary of 
kind of like the walk that Paul's already had with Timothy mm-hmm. and the importance, and then also some reflection on previous things. And so I think that I think the portion that, that we landed on was just did a really good job of doing that. Yeah, a lot of times when I think about Timothy and Paul, um, it's hard for me not to consider Paul a father figure to yeah. Timothy. You yeah, know, very much so. Yeah, because he's filled with, uh, he fills Timothy. I mean, both first and second Timothy in these writings, you you see Paul not only discipling Timothy, but he is he's he's giving very good wisdom that is scripturally sound, and not only that, but um, because they only had the Old Testament. Right. right. You know, it's not like he was going to refer back to his old letters and be like, hey, this is what I told the Corinthians, you know. Right. But like, he's like, he's using all this stuff about the Spirit and how Christ has changed his life and and told Timothy, like, oh, this is how you do it. This is how you handle these situations. This is, you know, this is what you're supposed to do with these types of people. And it is, it is fatherly. Like, I, yeah. I thought it was really good for a family style Sunday. I, I don't know. Is Timothy's biological father mentioned? Not mentioned, but there. Uh, actually, in my in in my research and preparation, um, historical record would show that he had a Greek father. Greek. So he had a Greek father and a Jewish mother, and so and so that's why Paul reflects on uh, Eunice and Lois, mm-hmm. the grandmother and mother. Is um, he? That's I think that that's why it's mentioned is because I think the mom. Now I'm not quite sure how it worked. I didn't go that far into how he had a Greek father and a Jewish mom. I don't know if it was like they weren't married or mm-hmm. anything like that. Because I don't because because you guys know that 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 doesn't really make sense Jew and Greek, and so I don't know. I didn't get that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a good point, I think that it it kind of notes and it kind of makes me think that it was mom. You know, mm-hmm. and it was it was grandma who were putting in to and and honestly, probably someone listening or you know somebody you know who who probably can reflect the same way where they've you know that maybe have some people in their lives where they've needed people to step in like Nick you've you've talked a little bit about your small group kind of um, for for a couple who whose dad was was working overseas mm-hmm. and in, in the military mm-hmm. and like your group just kind of coming alongside to mm-hmm. to just. Try to give that. Every know? time their boy, Grayson, sees me, he runs up to me and gives me a hug, and he's just like, hi, Nick, hi, Nick, hi, Nick. You know? Yeah. Pretty, it's, and that's it's special. Really, really cool. And it that's special. special. And that, I think like Paul is Paul takes that on, and I think that Paul takes that role, you know, because obviously we know Paul wasn't married, so kids obviously, you know, weren't a thing for his life. And so I think that Timothy really – Timothy was young. And so, like, Scripture, it doesn't necessarily say his age, but – most of the things that they they say, it, it says that he Timothy was probably either teens or really early twenties, mm-hmm. and so he was young. And so, you know, at least when he came to faith, he was probably a teenager. Yeah. And then the time frame that Paul and him are interacting, and he's coming along, Paul, um, in being essentially equipped, trained, and then sent. Mm-hmm. And and so. Why yeah. did you feel the importance of including this passage that talks heavily on persecution on yeah. Family Sunday? Yeah, well, I think because the idea is that walking alongside somebody is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that really the the reality is that uh, man, if you want to live a godly life, if you want to live a life that that God's called us to, right? And that and that that means making the tough decisions, maybe pulling our kid out of a sport. I'm actually having conversations with a few students right now about hey, like our extracurriculars. They, they probably need to decrease because we can't even commit to being, you know, 
a part of a part of students, but like even on top, bigger than that, like we we just don't have the margin in our life, mm-hmm. and it's like the fact that we're that we're even having that conversation is awesome. But I think that is what Paul's reflecting on is to say like, you know, hey, if you really want to do this, like you're gonna you're gonna have to. I mean, in his time, it's persecution, and I think that it still is, but I just think it looks a little different in our culture. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're gonna you're gonna face ridicule. Mm-hmm. You're gonna look weird. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna be like odd. Right. Because it's gonna be like, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you why are you quitting? Mm-hmm. Well, dude, because I want to take this seriously. And it's like, dude, what? You yeah. know, that's a joke. Well, that's what Christ says when you know he says count count the costs. You yeah. Know, because it's going to cost you something. Yeah. It's gonna cost if your life just is exactly the same and there's absolutely zero thing mm-hmm. that changes. It's like, I don't. You probably not. Yeah. It's like I don't know sure. if you're quite getting it. Right. right. It's like yeah. there's if it's not if it's not done anything in you or, or mm-hmm. for you. It's like I don't I don't necessarily know if you're quite getting it. And that's so. and, and that can often be a very earth shattering sort of a comment, especially to somebody that, that has been a quote unquote Christian for a long time. Yeah. You know, because I didn't want to believe that, you know, I'm gonna feel guilty about things that I never <laughs> used to feel guilty about, you know, or I'm not gonna I'm 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 gonna lose friendships because yeah, I can't play that kind of music no more and so I you know and they just write me off and never and never talk yeah. to me again. It's like or family members who who maybe just so so liberal, um, you know. Not trying to make this political, but you know. Yeah, but as in, as in sense of their life, not even politically, but like correct. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just like where there's just not any fear of God, you know. And then when you're trying to live a life where God is your everything, yeah, it's 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 it is it's not only tough to love, but it also it's tough to to keep up with that pain. Yeah. For sure, it is. It is, and I think that the reality is, is that verse twelve setting setting him up to 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 say, "Hey, you're going to deal with this." And like Timothy, you've probably already seen this, right? But and he says, "But," and so he says, "Yeah, everyone who wants to live this is gonna is gonna suffer persecution, but also know evil people and imposters will flourish." Yeah. So for you, for genuine followers of Jesus, it's going to be tough. Yeah. But for the people who are imposters and fakes, yeah, it's going to be easy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I struggle with that too. Um, I, I I was talking to Liz the other day. Actually, actually, the whole week we had been talking about this kind of. And I'll be honest with you. One of my flaws, one of my weaknesses is I can get judgmental quickly. And not necessarily just towards Christians, Okay. Um, and it's not just uh, just because I'm getting judgmental. It's just it's more of the um, there's something going on, and I get frustrated with you, and you're not you're not living this correctly, and then I get mad, you know. And then Jesus is a whole. You know, I always remember the whole plank in your own eye. You know, He doesn't say that we can't judge. It just it just says make sure you know what's in your right. eyes, so you can t- so that comes out, so you can help others, not mm-hmm. just bash others in a sense. That's the whole point of that. So. <laughs> Um, okay, this is just going to be, don't, don't, don't judge me now. So, uh, we I, have planks in our eyes. Yeah, so. yeah, right, right, right. The, <laughs> this is really like good. cruise ship planks. One of, one of the things I'm struggling with in our culture too, is how, how much Christians bash one another, especially if you're Calvinist or you're Arminian or somewhere in between. And I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the in between. Um, and, or, um, uh, you, you know what I think about is sometimes it's like if it wasn't for the charismatics, though, 
and I and again, I think we need to pay attention to words and things like that. But some of the best and most beautiful songs that we have out there are written by charismatics, you know, and that are theologically sound. Now they've also then the very next song you're like, dude, that's not theologically sound at all, you know. And so you have to pay attention and watch those. And I think some take it to the nth degree because it's like, oh, you listen to their music, you're paying, you're giving them money so they can write more songs. Well, they've written some really good songs, mm-hmm. and they've also written some really bad songs. Yep. But if it was left up to the intellectual Christians, we wouldn't have good music. Oh, my gosh. Right? And if it wasn't for the intellectual Christians out there, then we wouldn't be able to stand firm on truth and actually learn and really grasp it and help understand it more because they teach it very well. You know, and if we wouldn't understand those who live out of their heart, their love for their neighbor and care about those, then the intellectual community would be like, oh, man, I'm not really good at loving my neighbor. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So there's a guy by the name of Bill Johnson. I'm sure you guys know this name, right? He's the, he's the pastor of Bethel Church, right? I don't agree with a lot of his theology at oh, all. Oh, Billy J. Yeah. But he said something that somebody quoted. So I, I don't listen to any of his stuff. I don't read any of his stuff. <laughs> but he said something that somebody quoted that has, like, really messed with my heart in a good way. And, he's, and somebody asked him, you know, I never noticed that you're ever angry with people. I never noticed that you have negativity towards anyone. And he said this. It's because... Every time I see someone, talk to someone, or, or uh, spend time with someone, I'm always reminded that they were made in the image of God. And therefore, even if they're not a believer, I still treat them that they are God's creation. Because they are. Mm-hmm. And that's why. And I was like, Whew, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. Because Jesus says it in himself, we are to love one another, pray for those who persecute us, yeah. you know, and so pray for our enemies, love those who persecute us, pray for our enemies. And I'm like, dang, yep, yep. So it frustrates me when I read things like, you're going to be persecuted for my name. Oh, FYI, evil people and imposters are going to flourish too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not only is it going to be rough. Yeah. But also everyone around you. You're to be great. It's going to look way better. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's looking way better. I think I was, it's always about, again, it comes down to perspective, which is why I just drilled it so yeah. hard. Eternity versus but now. Scripture is really clear too. Like even like religious people. So like the people who are just following the law and, and all that, right? Like the fact that they're living it is like, listen, they're living for now. Yeah. That, like this is the best that their life's ever going to be. Yeah. They're living for right now. Yep. That's right. And you're, you're and, right. And it's like, and so that's why I think we have to, we just have to keep in mind, dude, we're not, this is just a gap. Now, uh, now and I want to, I want to go further too, because Liz and I have always said this too. Could you imagine if so-and-so would give their life to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, because of the amount of um, influence that they have, yep. or maybe the amount of money they have, can you imagine how much good they could do if they would know Jesus? Yeah. So that's why times we're like, we need to share the gospel with them. Not just because because of that. We want to share the gospel with them because we want them to know Jesus and spend forever with him. But as a result of that, the Holy Spirit will hopefully begin you know, transforming their heart because that's what he does. And then that in turn influences other people and just you can sometimes watch the ripple effect take place and so that's why like evil when evil people and postures will flourish yes and we're hoping that those people though will also give their lives to christ too yeah 
For sure. So, but you have to look at it through that lens because yeah. that's eternal. It's tough. It's tough sometimes because you get really. <laughs> it's really good. It's really easy to get really bitter. Too. Oh, it is. Or, or oh, I've like, been let's there. go for. Let's go a step further. We're already talking about Bethel Church. It's really easy to look at a Bethel Church who's like, dude, you guys are absolutely. That's you're throwing out garbage. Yeah. Why are you flourishing? Why are you? What flourishing? the heck? Yeah. Right. And it's like. Yeah. Well, they're flourishing because because they're they're not. Yeah. You can also be lovers of self. Yeah. Uh, the end days. Uh, there's going to be a lot of. Uh, uh, prophets that are going to rise up, you know, the bad things are going to happen. The good was going to be bad. The bad is going to be good. You know, things like that. So, I mean, obviously, the enemy wants the church to flourish too, not in the way that yeah. Christ wants the yeah, church yeah. to flourish. So, yeah. that's I've never heard it be put that way that the enemy wants the church to flourish. Yeah, for sure. So that he can deceive more. At the so end. he can deceive more. Wow, I've yeah. never thought of it like that. Yeah, yeah. Now again, I want to say little C church. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. not big yeah, yeah, C yeah. church. Yeah. Not the Catholic, but church, also the like universal uh, church. You know, also you got to think, yeah, like Satan, Satan, Satan has no issue with people knowing about God. None. Like, like he he has no problem with you with you knowing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you can know about he God all day long. He just wants you to not. He don't want you to follow Christ. Yeah, but if but if you're willing to say no, 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 like Jesus, Lord, I have the ability to repent because of the blood He shed. Listen, yeah. Satan hates that. Why does he hate it? Yeah, because he can't do it. And he wants, and I, I would also argue too that he wants us to be church attenders, good people, nice. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, those people aren't going to disciple their kids. They're not going to share the gospel. They're mm-hmm. not going to um, die to themselves. You know, like yeah. if I can get you just to be, they're comfortable by comfortable Christian man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's one. He yeah. wants he wants you to be like the Pharisees too. You know, yeah. al- almost proud of your religion. That's, That's and, right. And so like like the, that you are a whitewashed tomb. Yep. You know, you can look as good as you want on the outside, but inside then, you're but, dead. But inside that you are dead. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. I just that those are good words that he wrote to Timothy, and I, I really liked. Uh, I'm gonna I want to move on real quick because I just think there was something really good here. He talks about the idea of evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others, and they will themselves be deceived. Again, that can happen in the church. Obviously, it's happening in the church. But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught, and you know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Mm -hmm. I thought you did a great job of nailing this point. Um, And then, of course, the very next line says, taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. That's what you've been taught, from childhood. So the question is, is, are we doing that? Since you you could ever remember. That's right. And that's what I want, because that didn't happen to me. And by God's grace, my heart was open to the Holy Spirit and um, to receiving Him, to receiving salvation. But now it's my responsibility to do that with my kids. Um Again, I can get to a little theological statement. I don't want to because of, of those things. But but all, all of us, all Christian parents, we are designed from the very beginning to train and teach and equip our kids to follow Jesus. Not just know Jesus, follow him. Mm-hmm. But if we're not doing that, then there's no way our kids are going to do that. This is why in the Old Testament we see over and over and over and over and over and over and over again that a whole generation would walk away from God because yeah. those parents didn't equip and teach their kids about Adonai. As soon as the ones who knew passed away, yep, the new generation would, would have know. nothing. And then the next generation is going to be punished for that, and then yep. they remember, <laughs> hey, remember our grandparents talked about Yahweh, Adonai. Right? Do you remember that? 
We need to get back to those scriptures and call out and ask God for his forgiveness as a nation, as a people. And then, of course, God would do it again. Be like, yep, good job. And and then their kids would grow up, and they'd just live in the blessings of their parents, and then they'd have kids, and they didn't even know God anymore. It's like, that's what we can't do. And I think that we've seen that in family trees like crazy. Mm. This is why we're struggling in our culture right now. But I think there's also a rising up, too, in young people because their parents didn't tell them, but they're hearing it from others because their parents, although maybe were faithful, didn't teach and train their kids to do this. And and now we're in that cycle again. And so um, I think that's why this is so good um, because we shouldn't have an excuse. And you're like, well, I just don't, I didn't go to school for this. I'm not a pastor, you know, uh, whatever the reason. Um, but I loved your point at very 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That's what the scriptures are for. Yeah. The, the idea of like a degree or, or like qualifications or whatever, right? Like those are all cool things, (laughs) but it's like God never, God has never instituted those things. Yeah. God has always said, yeah. Listen, if I have asked you, yeah. I will equip you. Yeah. Now he uses all those things. Yeah. But like he at, at the very simple as it gets, God uses his word yeah. to equip and train yep. and give us the ability. And here's here's my struggle. Again, this is Nate Holt's problem. But I do think it is also a wake up call. We don't get options to like, you know what, I just don't want to go to work today. Right. right. Now, you can do that, but you have to take a vacation day, and you only have so many of those. Right. At some or you point, can take you a sick day. You can, there's some point you can't do that, right? Um, or I want to, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to send my kids to school today. Now, again, you can do that for a little bit, but not for not any time you want to do that, right? But yet, we see the church that way. And somehow, in some way, if, if anybody's still listening or, or you get this far, we've got to decide in our, in our hearts and minds, is Jesus the most important thing in our lives? If he is, then that also means that his kingdom should be the most important things in our lives. Therefore, Sundays should never be an option. Groups should never be an option. Um, serving and sharing the gospel and discipling should never be an option, ever. And yet so many Christians in our culture, it's an option. You know, I, we just didn't have time today. I, I wasn't feeling well. Okay, great. Well, let me think about that. Were you not feeling well on Friday? Did you go to work on Friday? Oh, you did. Why is that? Well, because that's my paycheck. Interesting. But isn't Jesus your salvation? Isn't eternity forever? Isn't the kingdom of God what he calls us to do? Isn't dying to self the key? Isn't that more important than the dollar signs that you made on Friday? Isn't he greater than the money you make? Doesn't he own the cattle on the thousand hills? You know? Yeah, it's really easy. The The issue is that we're so focused on what is seen. Yeah. And not that which is unseen. That's correct. Like, that really is a reality. Like, it is super, and because, like, it just makes sense. It's really easy to focus on what you can see. Yeah. Right? What, what's right in front of you. Yeah. And then the, the thing that's unseen, but it's like, that's where our faith is. That's where our hope yeah. is. And and so then it asks the question: Yeah, is that really where our faith is? Yeah, or is our faith just in what we can tangibly yeah. obtain? I, I still think there are so many Christians in our culture that do not understand what it is to follow Jesus. I think it's this. Well, one time I prayed a prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not even in the Bible, but good for you. Mm-hmm. 
And number two, um, well, I was baptized. Awesome. But that's, that shows your salvation. So you should look different. I, 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 and I've been harping this since I've been a youth pastor. And for, you know, so for 20 years, I, I'm telling you, that sport is not more important than your kid's salvation and yeah. their walk with Christ. Not important. Now, unless your kid is sharing the gospel, unless you, mom, you, dad, you're sharing the gospel with other people on that team, if you're, if you're not doing that, right. it's not as important. You're, you're missing it, and I think the enemy is doing a good job. And I've been ridiculed and, and, and pushed back from this from day one. It's just, I'm just vocal about it. I'm just telling you what all youth pastors want to scream from the mountaintop. I'm just telling you what all pastors want to scream from the mountaintop. Most of them don't do it because they're afraid that if they lose you, then maybe they lose a little bit of income or they lose a little bit of attendance numbers and things like that. I'm just like, listen, your eternity is too important for me not to say anything. That's why this is so important. I'm telling you, moms and dads, or if you are the sole person in that child's life, your job, number one job, your number one job, as a parent, is to lead and equip your child to follow Jesus. That's it. Because you're following Jesus. So you have to reflect and ask yourself the question, am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Then then I have to teach my kids that. Now, I'm not saying they can't play sports. I'm not saying that. I never have said that. I'm not saying that you can't miss a Sunday here or there to do those things. I'm saying, which goes back to you, you know, what's the point? Is it for the here and now or is it the eternal? Yeah. And I also think that if we view church as the bare minimum, it really makes it really easy to skip. Yes. Like I think, yeah. that, I think that yeah. that's the yeah. other big, really, really, really important thing is we harp Sunday mornings a lot, but like, guys, Sunday morning should be just like yeah, that should that should be like waking up. Yeah, I, that's just something we do. Yeah, that's something that we do. It's like breathing. But then, yeah, it's like that's just there's yeah. non-negotiable in non-negotiable. my family growing up. I knew even if we were on vacation, guess what we were doing. Yeah, going to church. Of course, when you're being Sunday with came, people. Guess yeah. what we were doing? Liz and I we do the same thing. We were going to church yep. because why? Because that was what we did. Because because we followed Jesus, we did church. That was just a non-negotiable thing. And then there were other things that came out of that. But but that was just something that was like, yep, that is just a yeah. That is just the expectation of what you do. Yeah, I I, I let me kind of bring this to a close because I thought this was really good. I I was looking this up. Um, before we got in here today. Um, now, this writer, uh, his name is David Clark. He's just a writer. He's actually an entrepreneur, but he does write for um, like Christian uh, 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 children um, curriculums, mm-hmm. okay? And so the question he asked, this is just a small paragraph. He says, why is the next-gen ministry so important? So next-gen ministry is next generation. It's, for those of you who don't know, it's it's birth through 18. That's, yeah. that's what next generation means. He says, the next-generation ministry... Um, is future-minded. When you take an approach to ministry that considers all age groups together at once, you always, you're always thinking about what's next. You're preparing babies to be toddlers. That's good. Now, he's talking to the ministry, the church here, but as parents, we're doing, we should be doing the same thing, okay? Um, you're preparing your babies to be toddlers um, and eighth graders to be freshmen and college seniors to graduate and everything in between. Rather than a singular focus without a clear view of what's coming up ahead, think about it. Your road trip is going to be a pretty mess to be pretty messy if you don't have an end goal planned out. 
Ministry to young people is the same. Young people at the at every age will benefit from your consideration of their future with respect to where they with where they're coming from. So, I get it. As a parent, I don't want my kids to grow up. I hate that they're growing up. I hate it. I wish they would stay young and innocent forever. Now they're not innocent, right? But but in the eyes of I know this world and what this what they're going to have to go through, okay? But if I just hold on to that, then I'm failing as a dad. My job as a dad is to say, okay, Avery and Zeke, I need to prep you for those teenage years right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're already having questions. You know, like, with, with issue one just passing, I sat my kids down and told them what issue one was. Now, we didn't go into the gr- horrible graphics and things like that of what issue one is all about. But I wanted them to understand why dad voted no on issue one, even though it passed. Mm-hmm. And now what are the circumstances that we are to do and how we're still to love and, and, and pray in, in the midst of this in any ways and what we're supposed to do in the midst of this anyways. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that this is how we are to live and what we are to do and what we fight for and who we're for um, you know, as, as individuals and for people and things like that. So, but with the Christ mentality in mind, I'm doing those things. Like mm-hmm. I don't enjoy doing those things, but I want to make sure that they are set to be teenagers. And then as teenagers, I'm ready to get them prepared for the workforce, you know, what it's going to be like when they when they go out on their own, they go driving for the first time or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's scary, man. Yeah. But I have to do it. Yeah. I think a lot of parents don't think that their kids are ready to hear a lot of that in, in yeah. information. But, you know, let my daughter, Emma, be an example. She's she's 10 years old, and she hasn't gone through puberty or anything like like that yet. But... You know, we were invited to this Richland Pregnancy Services Gala where they used Sid and I's story about 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 Emma and, you know, and, and her conception out of wedlock and that we considered, you know, abortion and what that meant. And we had to sit down and tell Emma what all that stuff was, you know. And then yeah. we just reiterated to her that, you know, that we believe that life is a miracle now. You know, we were mixed up then, but we've changed our minds. Yeah. And changing your mind is not bad. Changing yeah. your mind shows that you've grown. You're growing. You know, because that's that that's part of the pain. Yeah, but she came home from school one day, and she asked us what issue one was, and she goes, "I keep hearing about issue one and issue two and voting, and what is all this?" And so we we told her how we felt about it, and then then she started asking more questions. Oh, well, how come Aunt so and so has a vote yes on issue one if we mm-hmm. want issue two to be? And yeah, said, well. That's and that's and that that turned into another con- conversation. Yeah. But yeah. you would be amazed at, at 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 what your kids are actually ready for, because yeah. so many people think that they are younger than what they are. Yep. Oh, and man. and a ten year old is about the equivalent of, of ten years ago, fourteen year old. Preach yeah. preach that to <laughs> yeah, the heavens. Because here's what I'll tell you, dude, dude. I need to, I have every parent I get a conversation with. I tell them, listen, just so you know, your kid's probably been ex- exposed to more things than you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just be aware. Just yeah. be aware. Yeah. They are probably dealing with that. There's a whole idea of like, oh, when are you going to be like the comment? I don't get this a lot, but like, I know student ministry people yeah. all the time. When are you going to make a real pastor? Blah blah blah. Hey, just so you know, yeah. the people that we're dealing with are the least equipped and the most inundated people on the face of the planet. Yeah. And so, just so you're aware, they need us. Yeah. It, and they need to be walked with because yeah. they are getting destroyed yeah. with tons of things. And we keep viewing them as, oh, you know, at some point we'll get to it. At some point we'll get to it. At some point we'll get to it. At some point you don't get to it. I, I want to, again, this isn't to scare parents. This is just more of a say, hey. Maybe a little need, bit scare parents. Yeah, yeah. But you need to wake <laughs> up a little bit. Too. You got to be aware. Like, for example, like if your kids already have a phone. You're done. You're done. 
you I, I don't know why your kids have a phone i don't i don't know why elementary kids at all have smartphones i, I don't understand it's getting that. earlier and earlier that doesn't make any sense yeah, it's to getting me. earlier and earlier and uh, my kids are already telling me how many kids in their classroom have smartphones mm-hmm. and, and unlimited I'm, access to the internet and limited access to the internet and number two, if your kids are already on YouTube, I guarantee you they've already watched ads that have some kind of sexual explicit things on it mm-hmm. already. So you need to be having a, co- a conversation with your kids already if they have a phone and if they've been on YouTube about what sex is. You're like, oh, my goodness, my kid is only eight. My kid's only 10. Well, you've already exposed them. That's your fault. Dude, that's real life. That's just, real life. I'll, I'll tell you this. For, as a kid... Like in a Christian home, my dad did not have that conversation with me. Well, guess what? I found out on my own. Yeah, you if did. If your kid plays video games online, I don't care if it's Roblox. I don't care if it's Minecraft. Yeah. I don't care if it's gonna Fortnite. Hear something. Yep. They're going to hear all kinds of things. And you are, you would be blown away because they can be put into a chat room with, yep. with grown men yep. that are very screwed up in their head yep. and they're talking to these little kids about this stuff and the kids don't know what they're talking yep. about. They, they just think they're playing a game and they don't even think that that's a real human being that's on the other side of yep. the screen, but it is. Which goes back to the idea that if you're not discipling your kids in Christ, our culture is going to disciple them not to follow Christ. Yep. Somebody, somebody, somebody's leading them somewhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. And you just got to decide who And that's is. why you have to be the mom and dad here and make hard decisions with at the same time discipling your kids mm-hmm. because you're discipling them it's just how you're how are you discipling them mm-hmm. and yeah. like Liz and I've already made decisions our kids aren't even allowed to get on YouTube in fact one of one funny thing was is that we've had um um one of our kids have gone over to homes you know and we and yeah. again we're super specific on who they go to now anyways um if we're not with them and um and they and YouTube has been on and they will say I can't be here I can't watch this because I'm not allowed to watch YouTube. I'm so glad that, God bless that I'm your just kids like, still do oh, that. thank you, God, that mm-hmm. they're doing this. You know, like, yeah. But because not and, and and nine times out of ten, it's they're not watching anything bad on it. It's mm-hmm. the ads that pop up. Yeah. And um, and so those are the things that we we're watching now. Again, we're not trying to um, hover over them and protect them, but we're trying to ease them into this because mm-hmm. we want to disciple our kids. We don't want culture to disciple our yeah. kids. Absolutely. So that's, that's the key. Again, we want freedom. Our kids stay the night, have, stay the night of other people's houses. Um, uh, again, we know yeah. who they are. We know what's going on. We've given them the rules, you know, things like that. And so, um, again, that's the whole point is that we as a church are, we are running 100% after our young people, but we want to make sure the number one influencer is doing that. So again, it gets me back to Family Sunday, but um, we, that's the investment that we need to have as moms and dads and guardians and overseers of these kids. Is that don't fall, don't do what society is doing. Mm-hmm. You be the parent and say, you know what, and this is happening. And so for for us, you know, like the phones, Liz and I, we're still kind of talking about that. When is it? But I can tell you this: it's not going to be until they're at least sixteen, and they're going to hate you. They're going to hate us for it. And just be, and, and I think that again, it kind of goes back. Scripture's already clear. Yeah. And I was talking. To, I was but talking we want to, we don't want them to be dependent upon it. Yeah, mm-hmm. dependent. And also the other idea too is that listen, like, and I think it's kind of interesting. Like we we read things like persecution, and we try to put that into our culture and our time. Yeah. Listen, that's just that's an example. Yep. Like it doesn't look exactly the way that maybe Paul was experiencing it. Yeah. But like, man, your kids hating you for you 
making a decision for their life. I know I was mad at yeah. my mom for making a decision for my life, but guess what? You don't realize in a moment, but it's all about what you're setting them for the future. So again, it's that forward thinking yeah. and it's important. Yeah. Now there are other things that are out there. So I don't want you to hear me say, oh, you, well, because here's the biggest argument I get from parents is like, well, I want them to be able to contact me at all times. You can. There's other things out there that Willie, Liz, and I have already talked about that we're going to get them that they can get a hold of us at any time and we'll know where they're at at all times. You know something I've seen recently? But they don't need coming, a phone. Coming in for our young people, actually a couple students in our student ministry, they have Apple Watches with yep. cellular data, mm-hmm. but Apple Watches don't have like the ability to get on, on the internet. They don't. The only, the only issue like with that. that is texting. Texting, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> That's true. the only bad part. Yeah, true. I mean, how often is that going to hurt? I don't know. Depends on who they're texting. But there are there's other devices that we can get our kids that don't have internet access or nor texting ability or we can control the texting ability. Yeah. So and so we've talked about those things. Mm-hmm. And because we do like the idea that they can communicate with us anytime they want. But our whole our whole point again is that we're thinking about their eternal perspective here. Yeah. We want them to know Jesus all the way through their the last moment on yeah. earth. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, man. Don't judge me for saying this, but I'm I'm kind of ready for the apocalypse. Ah, I know I'm ready for <laughs> Jesus dude, to come dude. back. He's like, let's go, you know bro. What? I'm. This is hard. I I don't want to die, but at the same time, wouldn't death be so much easier? Oh my goodness. Well, that's what Paul says. He everything. says. He says. Man, honestly, like, I don't even want to be dealing with you guys anymore. I mean, God's got me here because I'm supposed to be doing this. But he's like, man, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. it is. This is hard. And that's why the church is so important. So You can't see church as an option. You have to see it as a life force. Yeah. It's who I am and it's who I'm with. And Jesus, King Jesus, is our leader. You know, and so... Let's go back to the 1800s yeah. <laughs> where there's no technology, yeah. okay? And we can just all just live in the woods. We yeah. can slow down. <laughs> Shoot we animals. Just, yeah, well, yeah. We Eat them. do that. <laughs> yeah, but like you have your own little neighborhood, your village. Yeah, everyone takes care of each other. You yeah. know, there's no social media. There's no TikTok. There's no nothing. Yeah. I'm I agree. Liz would be up for it. Yeah. Lord, call me to Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I'll, I'll say I thought you did a great job on Sunday, though. It was yeah. it was a really good message. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Thank fun. You. It was great. I loved watching the kids up there. I mean, the kids were cool. It yeah. was fun. Like, so many people came up and were like, man, what, was that difficult to, you know, preach when there's all those kids in there? I was like, no, man. I, f- I would say a couple moments when I heard, like, whispering, where I was like, man, I'm kind of disrespected. Y'all need to be quiet. Yeah. But then I'd think about I'm like, Oh, dude, there's all these kids in here. It's yeah, awesome. It it's was great. Cool. I'm a huge fan of yeah. inter, uh, intergenerational Man, I worship. I love so. hearing crying and things like that. Although it's not always, it's not great every week, you know, because you're just like, oh my gosh, here's a good point, and you're like, wow, you know. But just think about that. There was a day though that we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So That's true. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not forget the blessings of For what sure. little ones bring us. And so, hey, next week um, is Christmas. The invitation. Not hope. invitation Sunday, but yeah. you you have yeah. It's have entitled a Invitation of Hope, and so we're gonna do that, and then which is gonna lead us to our Christmas series, Home for Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, which will get us to their Christmas and um, and then our New Year celebrations. So. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna be putting out a lot of information about our Christmas Eve services, you know, throughout the week on social media through 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 our app, uh, yep. we're going live with a bunch of stuff. 
this the, this upcoming Sunday. So you guys be ready for all those details. If you're interested in visiting Avenue during the holidays, we would love to have you guys. Of course, um, there's never been a better time to check out church. So just come and check us out. And if you know if it's not our church, then check out somewhere. You yeah. Know? Go to church. Learn and relearn what it is, what the real meaning of the season is. Yeah. And uh, it's not it's not the big fat guy with a white beard that comes down your chimney, you know, Goodness. something much more precious. Yeah, this is Speaking true. Speaking of kids, my kids are never going to believe in Santa. <laughs> From a time they can comprehend anything. Uh, our, sorry. Our note. kids never believed in, I mean, we, yeah. we told them very young that, hey, a lot of, a lot of other kids do, yeah. and we all just like to play along and pretend, yeah. but it's all fake. Yeah, as soon as, as we said, we would never lie. Now we've, Easter 100% has never been about the Easter bunny yeah. at all. But Christmas, we kind of played along, and but then they asked if they asked when they asked us the question, you know, is Santa real? We're like, well, we're not gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. So, but you were like, yes, and we told them about Saint Nicholas, yeah, and then we showed them the Veggie Tales movie, and so that helped them see it. But then, but from that point, but we said it is not your job to tell other people. Our job is to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so. Very cool. Yep. All right, you guys. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to this 45th episode of Beyond the Row, uh, halfway to 90. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Let's go. do this. We're getting there. Yeah. You know, you know unless the Lord takes us. Yeah. So. Hey, that'd Jesus be better. coming back for episode 90, which everyone comes oh, first. Oh, my goodness. I'd be up for that. All right. So invite, and we'll see many of you guys this Sunday, and have a blessed week. Have a very happy Thanksgiving to all of our list, list, listeners. And uh, Play it you. while you're eating. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> have a great conversation around the dinner table, too. Yeah. All right, you guys, have a very blessed week, and we will see you next time on Beyond the Row.